On today's show, we talk with Matt Bottrell, cycling coach and bike fit guru. He's based over in the UK and he joined us from his home there, taking a break from his own training and his coaching programs. He is a coach to many pro and age group triathletes. He's worked with the likes of Tim Don, Tim O'Donnell and Matt Hansen. He's really helped them make some huge gains on the bike. And we have seen that throughout the course of the last few seasons. He's also super into his bike fitting. He's a great athlete himself. He talks a lot about speed, aerodynamics, and all the fun, geeky stuff that we like talking about here at Triathlete Magazine. He's also uh, shed some light on some of the things he's been doing during the pandemic and how he's been helping his athletes. And yeah, he has a lot of fun, nerdy stuff to say. So thank you very much for chatting with us, Matt. And here we go. Enjoy the episode. Matt Bottrell, hello and welcome and thank you for joining us for episode two of Triathlete Magazine's Fitter and Faster podcast. Matt is joining us from his home in the UK. Hey Matt, how's it going over there? Really well, thank you. Nice and warm here today. So uh, I've got my training done, relaxing for this evening. So uh, yeah, it's good to catch up. Thank you very much. Yeah, you bet. So how is it over there right now? You've had some restrictions lifted uh, fairly recently, haven't you? So is getting out on the bike a little bit easier now? Uh, yeah, we've, they've never really stopped exercising. At the moment, we're still not allowed to train with, uh, well, you're allowed to train with other people, but uh, you have to keep like a two-meter distance. But right. uh, well, sw- swimming's still restricted, unfortunately. But we've got like open waters now back into play. Uh, and obviously, people can go out running, cycling. There's no restriction on in terms of the time that you're allowed to train. So, uh, yeah, we're all we're all getting back in the zone. Just waiting for some races, but that could be a long way off yet. <laughs> yeah. So for those of you who don't know Matt, he is a cycling coach and a bike fit expert who uh, who has some pretty serious pedigree. He works with some pro triathletes that you might have heard of, such as Tim O'Donnell, Tim Don, Matt Hansen, Justin Metzler. And he also works with some pro cycling teams as a time trial bike fitter and planner. And uh, you're a pretty good cyclist yourself, aren't you, Matt? So um, we're looking forward yeah, to picking yeah. your brains. No, absolutely. Yeah, it'd be good to share some information. And uh, yeah, I've been following the magazine, so you give out some good stuff. So uh, let's hope we can help with that. Yeah, for sure. So firstly, tell us a little bit about your background in cycling and how you came to get involved in triathlon, because it's quite a unique, you know, that there aren't a ton of sort of bike-specific coaches in, in multi-sport. So yeah, tell us a bit about that. Uh, yeah, no, it kind of, like, I was kind of at the yeah, I've cycled like all my life. I've like represented Great Britain uh, cycling team, and you know, and it just kind of escalated from there. Uh, and then in 2014, I basically won like all the national championships in the UK. I think yeah, I won like every race ultimately. So it was it's quite a successful year. But at the same point, I kind of I did some work with uh, Tim O'Brack, uh, and he went on to win like Ironman Roth. He just sent me a message. One day, I happened to be a giant athlete, and he was like a giant athlete. He followed my, uh, you know, like my rise in cycling, and just asked me if I'd do some coaching with him. And at the time, I had no, you know, like I wasn't really looking to be a coach. So I said, "Yeah." I looked at his training, and I thought, "Yeah, there's so many areas we can work on here, Timo. Let's let's just give it a go." And he kind of ended up winning that race, uh, which was, you know, he'd waited a long time. 
Uh, and then at the same point, I uh, coached another guy that won like another national, uh, he won like the national hundred mile championship. So I thought there's something quite in like this endurance uh, training. And uh, I, it was like at the end of that season, I was almost like, you know, I'd, I'd waited, you know, I was like 36 at this point, waited a long time to hit the, you know, like the heights of glory. And yep. I thought, well, what am I going to do with like all this information? And uh, I decided that I'd do a bit of coaching and it just went bonkers. You know, I had this reputation for understanding, uh, well, understanding like unlimited time, how people could train, just understanding the science behind the sport and, you know, obviously like the bike fin element, the aerodynamics. And uh, yeah, mainly started coaching uh, uh, cyclists, but then uh, more and more triathletes were reaching out to me. And I, so I decided, like in 2015, that I was going to do the sport myself. And yeah, uh, yeah I was soon kind of hooked. Uh, and I learned a lot in that time. You know, I did I did the sport for a year and a half. And I, yeah, I was just absorbed by it. But I was really surprised just how backwards cycling was. I was blown away. Everyone just kept telling me about like this 70.3 pace, Ironman pace. And I was like, no, this isn't... Uh, no, this is not how, it, how it's meant to be. And, uh, yeah, it was kind of at that point, it was the end of 2015. I just got this follow one day from uh, Tim Don. Uh, I thought, that's a bit strange. <laughs> uh, so I thought, wow, what, what is this? I, I happened to be coaching one of his friends uh, called Craig Ball. And, he, you know, like, he, he was really, he, he'd done triathlon, done cycling. He'd even coached him at one point, And he just... I think he'd reached out to Tim. Tim was struggling with his cycling. I got this follow, uh, and then I just got a message from Tim just saying, would you would you be interested in talking to me? And uh, I want to improve my cycling. Wow. Uh, okay. And it was kind of, yeah, and obviously that, yeah, we started working together. We got on really well. And, yeah, it was kind of at that point that triathlon went, yeah, quite mental. You know, yeah. but I was just, even like, it was amazing, you know, like working with somebody like Tim, you know, like he was like this Olympian. He'd won all these 70.3, but he'd never quite cracked Ironman. You know, yep. he's obviously won, he won like his first one, which was Mallorca, but he'd never taken it to the next level. And I just remember seeing his training. I just said to him, look, Tim, I believe that you can be the best in the world. And he was, yep. he was kind of like taken back. Uh, but, I, you know, I started looking at the training, started crunching all these numbers and, yeah, the rest is kind of, yeah, obviously it worked out quite well. Uh, he ended yeah. up winning, yeah, breaking the Ironman world record. And then obviously, uh, you know, we were we were aiming towards Kona, but unfortunately had that really bad accident. But And it's kind of escalated from there, you know. It's been it's been an awesome journey. Yes. So I was going to say, like, obviously Tim Don is the, one of the athletes that first springs to mind as one of those athletes that you've really helped transform into like a very complete cyclist who is who is a triathlete and uh i'd say tim o'donnell is obviously another another guy you know we, we've seen have have a similar journey with you and to see obviously like tim don's performance at ironman brazil when he smashed the world record i mean that was that was a fantastic bike performance let alone you know a, a complete ironman performance but um and tim o'donnell too when we saw him riding with the big boys at kona last year on the you know front front pack and hanging in there and you know there was a lot of us who were thinking oh when's he gonna blow when's he gonna blow and he didn't blow 
And you know, and so so tell us a little bit about some of the training you've done with guys like that and how you've got them to that point. Uh, it's kind of like, well, obviously we've done a lot of work with uh, a number of athletes. Uh, the, the, the process that ultimately we go through is you've got to, yeah, you've got the like this the training, you know, like you've got the demands of the event. So we know that these athletes need to hit like uh, a certain wattage. Yeah. But then what we've got to then analyse is we've got to optimise. Well, what I'm always trying to achieve is optimising speed, power, and aerodynamics. But ultimately. Right. If we can get those athletes to be more efficient on the bike, you know, burn less energy, then they're always going to run a lot quicker. So we're not always looking. Obviously, we want to train them to push more watts, but ultimately we want to be able to save energy. And the yeah. process of that is, for me, it's looking at how they adapt to training, uh, looking at like the course profile, but then understanding like their aerodynamics on the bike as well. Because it's that aerodynamic drag, you know, like if you take somebody that's not aerodynamic to somebody that is, then yeah. it's probably like a 40 or 50 watt window. Okay. Uh, and if we can, you know, like we change aerodynamics and we can get them to pace better, then they're going to get the results, you know. And that's the thing at the pinnacle of the sport. These athletes have got these massive engines, but they're kind of like, they are like mainly diesel engines, but you've just got to, it's how do you fine tune it? And that's kind of my, yeah, I suppose that's how, yeah, my uh, my look at it, you know. Yep. Uh, but then it's not just the training. I think that that's the biggest focus, that everybody just focus, especially in triathlon, they love training. Just yep. focus on, I'm going to train, I'm going to do, uh, yeah, I'm just going to get the miles in. But you've got to, like, adapt the body to, you know, like, do aero drills, look, you know, work on your, your pacing strategy, and that's how you adapt. Right, so that, that lends itself quite nicely to my next question for you because I was going to ask you what triathletes need the most, in your opinion, when it comes to their bike training. And it's obviously not, so you're saying it's not just bike training and people focus quite heavily on that, but there's obviously other elements too, the aerodynamics, the speed. So what yeah, is it that you see triathletes like, lacking? Uh, well, aerodynamics is like a key area, you know, they just talk, of, well, aerodynamics and pedal effectiveness and efficiency, like, like the aerodynamics, like what try, you know, like you've got to realize that your body's eight percent of the drag. So when you're racing, you know, we can all go and buy the best kit, but if you're sitting bolt upright, then you, you know, you're giving away a lot of yes. watts, a lot of speed, and and that's the problem. And you know, like you look at some, you know, like there's all these ways of different bike fitters, different coaches, and they're just focusing on like, well, you're a triathlete, this is your position, triathlete position, or this is triathlon training, but it's not like that. You've got to, you know, like you've got to get this aero and then, yeah, adapt the body into all these positions. And that's going to come from doing, you know, like drills in training, but strength and conditioning and building around, uh, you know, the individual. And everybody's going to be in a different place with this. Like if you've done nothing, then, you, you know, like your process is going to be different to somebody that's done quite a lot. But just breaking those that's how I do it is like for each individual, whether they're an age group or doing their first triathlon or a world-class professional, yeah. you've got to see what they can do and what the, how their body can adapt to, you know, like how's their mobility, how's their range. And then you just go through the process. Uh, but if you, I, I would just, you know, like when I came into the sport, uh, I had to learn to swim and I just, 
like for me, I was just blown away initially. You know, I was getting, I met different coaches and everyone was giving me the same drills as everybody else was going. And I was like, but I can't swim. How come, <laughs> you know, like, you know, like all these different drills be the same uh, for everybody? I was like, I, you know, I need to learn to swim. I can't just keep swimming up and down the pool and doing like these individual drills, yeah. uh, not individual drills. And that's the same process with how I look at cycling is that if you, you, each individual will need a drill that's specific to them. You know, you can't just go in and say, well, I want this best position. You know, like you look at some of the people that we work with, it's, take, it's taken a year almost to get to that. But what I would say is it's like what was really surprising, I worked with Lucy Charles for like 18 months. And because she was from a swimming background, how she went through a process of adapting her body was amazing. You know, like you, yeah. you look at, you know, like Kona, 20 was it 2017 you know like she got second and she was like but upright and how she adapted swimmers are like the best people to work with because right. they've done all it's these drills and training yeah yeah they've got the flex but they understand like you say well they, they almost like they can physically you tell them how that feels and they fall into it where right. most of us are like yeah you know it's like when you catch the water that's how aerodynamics should feel you like drop into the position and you like I can feel like how the wind attaches to me and detaches but that's kind of it's taken a long time to get to that point but people can start tuning into that and be aware of you know like just thinking well actually my body's eight percent of this drag so you can have the fastest bike in the world but if you bolt upright and you know your helmet isn't sitting in and yeah, your shoulders aren't in the right position and you're just giving away time. So. Yeah, so if there's somebody listening who is, this is completely new to, or this is, they're, they're, maybe they're just starting out and they're, and aerodynamics isn't something they've given a lot of thought to, but obviously we see pictures of Lucy Charles nicely tucked. We see pictures of Tim Don, uh, you know, in Kona, riding with a perfectly flat back. And, uh, and obviously people aspire to those positions, but maybe it's, it's not the right thing for them. What's, what's the first important step to, to take uh, yeah so there. the first step is just being aware like obviously like you've got a range of movement and a lot of people have had a, you know like i would say especially out in america they you know like there's some amazing bike that is out there uh and biomechanically they're pretty sound you know what i mean like if you were to look at all the angles and the ranges uh they, they're, they're pretty sound but what's going wrong for a lot of them is that they're just they just bolt upright and the, the way to work around that is start being aware of like your position so you can look in the mirror and then you can start saying well okay yeah if I took my head in that's going to alter the, you know like this frontal area it's going to hold alter my head position so it's just you know or filming yourself you know like looking you know like taking a film a video capture you know, that you can see these pros or, you know, like people that you aspire to get this bike fit. It just, it does take time, but you've got this kind of just see, try and close this gap, you know. Yeah. And, but there's so many different things that you can look at, like there's all these different extensions in terms of, you know, like the pole position when you're in the, in the tuck. A lot yeah. of people are riding like these flat ones, but everybody's going to need like a, a different range. But that's... Yeah, but I would start by just training and, you know, like looking in the mirror and looking at yourself. Yeah. And then you, yeah. That's the best way, you know, like of starting out and being aware of, uh, it's like when you're riding your bike, it's almost like sticking your head out of position, feeling the wind around it, drop it in. Like, yeah. And if you can feel that, then 
you know, like if it's tucked in, you're going to go quicker, you know, like it's like when you stick your hand out, you know, like if you would stick your hand out, like out of the window, you know, like you used to do when you were a kid, but you start <laughs> lifting it. So that is like the ultimate aero, but you start lifting it and it starts bringing you. And that's where you just think like for a lot of triathletes are probably in this position, like they're, they're just being pulled backwards, it's like putting the brakes on. Right, so, right, right. It's definitely something that everybody should be uh, thinking of. <laughs> yeah, and so I've heard a lot about some of your aero drills that you set for different people, uh, different athletes. So tell us a little bit about aero drills, because I bet uh, you a lot of people aren't familiar with those. No, it's like one of the things that we obviously do is we have different drills in training. And, you know, like a lot of people just sit on the bikes and say, I'm riding the time trial bike. Yeah, great, you know, but it's not where you know, like, it's not adapting your, your position. But what we found is with, you know, like, to adapt to something, it's the same with your swimming. You don't just go and do, like, you know, like, 3K. You do it in areas of saying, like, I'm going to do 25, 50, 100. So you're going to do right. it in 30 seconds, one minute, three minute, five minutes, whatever it is. And that's how you need to adapt the body is doing, like, small drills around, like, your shoulders, your head position, uh and then that's how you get that adaptation it's the same with like pedaling you know like when you pedal in the bike you won't just you know like if you're you know like you're like clunking the pedals round. you of course you'll get muscle memory by just doing you know like mile after mile but to change it then you really need to do it in small increments so you know like two three minutes it just depends how you know like where you are and how long you can sustain that and ultimately just building the blocks out so you know like if you can only hold you can only do like three you want to progress that and i think because that's what a lot of athletes if you think like how do athletes respond they respond to specific goals in terms of whether it's time or uh yeah or speed and yes. and that's how if you've got like well i can hold this for a certain amount of time and you're making progress so i would say that that's where yeah, you know, it is very specific when you start looking at different people, what they can achieve. There's not like a rule of form to say, you know, it's like swimming, like you, you, yeah, you know. Yeah, not everybody needs the same passing. thing. And yeah, but it's kind of to change it, you've got to do it in small increments. Yeah. So we've all been cycling indoors. I'm sure it's the same in the UK, but we've all been cycling indoors a whole lot more over the last few months. And uh, obviously that brings its own challenges and benefits. But uh, what, are sort of, what are the biggest differences we should be aware of when we're riding indoors a lot and then come to ride outdoors uh, more? Yeah, I think like the, the obvious one is, like, well, if you sweat, yeah, if you're, you are indoors, you know, obviously we're sweating quite a bit. It's why hydration is element around yes. that. But yeah, that, nutrition, that's a whole different subject. Obviously, we've got a small amount of time there. But it's kind of like the biggest mistake that a lot of athletes, and I'm always saying them, you know, like you, you ride in the indoor trainer, you're bolt upright, you're not thinking about your position. You're not, uh, you know, like you're not focused on the course profile. Right. Uh, you might be riding in ERG all the time. Like that's a massive mistake. You know, like the, the trainer's dictating to you what you're going to do. So how are you going to change that when you get out on the road? Yes. Uh, you're not. So you can have days where you do ERG, of course, some days be that tired from all the training that we just want to stick it in ERG and uh pedal but what we want to be doing is uh focusing on the course profile so it's like all the undulations we want to be practicing our aero positions on 
uh, yeah, on, on the course. And that's a great thing, you know, like now we've got all these simulations of Zwift, you know, like Ruby for where you yes. are, they've got bolded yeah. courses. Yeah. You can simulate what you're doing in training, you know, uh, but yeah, but that's what you want to be doing. And the biggest factor is that a lot of athletes are going to have is going out on the open road. Uh, you just got to be aware of those surroundings, you know, so it's getting back out there, you know, like and doing small bits where, you know, like you tucked in. But yep. yeah, you, you kind of need to practice, like whatever your weaknesses are on the bike in the real world, you can practice them inside. But you just yes. got to be, like, how do you tune into that? That's either the art of the coach to tell you that or the art of the athlete to, to change, you know. Right. So, and how about pedaling? Because obviously when we, when we ride outside, we can freewheel a fair bit and there's free speed when we're coasting downhill, whatever. But when you're on the trainer, you're pedaling constantly. Yeah. And it's, so talk to us a little bit about pedaling because I know you're, so, you're a big yeah, into no, pe- Yeah, no, pedal technique is probably going to be the next phase of what, you know, like pedaling, you know, like we've, we've spoke about this. So what, you know, like, is it over gear? Is it, uh, you know, like just riding your bike? But ultimately, it's how you transmit that power. Uh, you know, like through each pedal revolution. And that's generally, you know, like for some people, like overgear can work to an extent. You know, like there's this big thing about overgear and try, and I get it to an extent. And it it works for certain people, but not others. But it's kind of what all you're trying to achieve is when you're pedaling, is you're not just turning like your pedals round. Everybody's going to kind of have a dead spot. In the UK, you've got something like called the Watt Bike, and it actually gives you pedal effectiveness. It's like they, they call it PEZ, and yes. it tells you it's the peanut they call it, and it tells you where your dead spot is, and you can work on that. Doing drills, you can work on it. But for a lot of people, what they need to be thinking is they kind of roll in this barrel all the way through, yeah. Uh, yeah. and that's how you're going to change it. But ultimately, for a lot of athletes, uh, you kind of need a variation in cadences because everybody's going to have an optimal cadence, and you can see what that is, but. What you generally find out with overgears, you know, these people just slamming the gears around in overgear is, is, you know, like there's some great world-class athletes that that's working for them, but that's for them, their individual. Uh, it's kind of, if you haven't got this cadence range, as soon as you start going downhill or when the speeds are really high, like you've got no gears left. So, yes. and then you're sitting bolt upright. So you're giving away in aerodynamics, your legs are smashed. Because you've got you've got no range in in cadence, uh, and it's the same as when you're climbing. You know, like you see all these people, uh, they're overgearing. Great, you know, but you're moving all around, and you're just wasting energy. You and for a lot of people, they probably haven't got like a strong core to take that, so they're just like got bobbing around. Uh, yeah, see, and the, then they see the off. nodding. Not in yeah, the... but then the problem is they get off the bike, you see it, don't you? They come out of T2 and then <laughs> they're like hunched over and it takes them like probably like uh, five, five K to, to get back up right. So it's kind of, you know, I'm a big believer in variations and cadences and just working on what each individual needs. But I think that to, to change, you, you know, like for a lot of people, say if you're just like one of these overgears or, that's all you know you've kind of got to shock the body because if you shock the body then you get a response from it right yes Uh, so but it is something that you know i think we'll be talking about this in the next few years everybody you pat you'll get a power reading but then you'll also say well i'm uh if you know my pedal effectiveness or efficiency was whatever that range is going to be yeah 
I do believe that, yeah, I just know that if you can get more efficient, you can get more aero, then you, for ultimately, you know, like we all know that the run is where it's, yeah, it's, yeah, what would they call it? Run for dough or whatever they call it? Yeah, what was it bike for it? show, run for dough? Run for dough, but yeah, <laughs> it just unlocks that running. But that's kind of, uh, that's what I love about the sport from age group to professional, like the, you know, like the speeds that people are going to be traveling at in the next few years, it's going to, it's going to keep accelerating. You know, I've seen it in cycling yes, and yes. triathlons on this curve, you know, it, it's amazing to see. And that's what for most people listening to this, you kind of want to be on that curve before you get left behind. Because yes. the science is, you, you know, I get that, you know, like there's this love and everything else with triathlon, but the science is coming in and you, yes. you kind of want to be on that momentum. Yes. So when you're working with athletes and you're talking about cadence, obviously it, it depends on the athlete and their biomechanics and their posture and so many other factors. But do you see like an optimal cadence? Because you know, we, we hear, like you say, we hear about people doing overgearing work. We hear about people doing high cadence work. Is there a, an optimal cadence, especially for like running off the bike? Yeah, it's kind. Of, it, it is. In, it's very individual. How you know, like how that muscle is adapting. But gem, you know, like it's probably like that 80 like from my own experience and from what i've seen it's probably like that 80 to 90 range yep. but for some people like you start going a lot lower that it does work for some people but i think if you were to pick a range you know like if you were to assess like loads of different athletes like how can you change their running then you probably say well realistically probably around that 80 to 90 range yes uh yes. you know so yeah from my own experience so <laughs> 80 to 90 is the is the key yeah yeah i would say like what i have to find you know like when i was cycling for me uh you know at the time that i was at my best like i was just you know yeah i was cycling around like 30 35 miles an hour everywhere you know really fast <laughs> but uh but my optimal cadence then was like 85 you know like that's where i was most efficient more the data that we you know like that we've gathered but then when I came into triathlon to like save my legs I was having to you know I was having to go like 92 became like my optimal cadence so yeah I had to get more efficient but you know I wasn't from like a running background or yeah you know like I've I've already done any running at that time I suppose I've done a bit I was a postman for 18 years but uh... (laughs) so how do you increase that cadence like if you if you're if you went from 85 to 92 how do you get there just doing lots of uh you know like cadence drills uh again you you know like learning to lay the power over the crest of the hills you know like even on the hills you know like with this cadence it's almost like and going out in, in your position and just upping that cadence. They're just building, but it, you know, like we do like overgear. So you do, you know, like you might build up to an hour, you might do a solid block of an hour, or you might do like 10 minutes. So yes. depending on where you are, then I would just say that, you know, you could start at 10 minutes and then gradually progress that. But just if you shock the body, and that's my, you know, like what I found with training is. Uh, if you, it's the variation of the different training zones that gives the, the biggest reward. Yes. And and even to the point of, you know, like in triathlon, yes, we've got a time trial bike, but you kind of want to mix your road bike in with it a little bit. So right. you're just getting all this different, you know, like you're shocking different the stimulus. body. Yeah. It. Absolutely. Yeah. And it, yeah, and it makes it interesting though, doesn't it? You know, like it's ex- you know like and if you can work on something 
And I, like, there's nobody on this planet that can improve. They might, do you know what I mean? The, the, the oh, for game sure. That, yeah. Yeah. Anyone that sits there and says that I, I, you know, I know everything or I found every game possible, then they're lying. And that's yeah. what I love about the sport. I just love, uh, you know, like, well, what can we do different? How can we get better than everybody else? You know. Well, then let's talk about bike fit because I know that you're extremely passionate about that, and bike fit is an area where triath- I, I know you help a lot of triathletes. But, yeah, um, yeah, and and that's obviously incredibly individual and specific to you know each single person. But you know, for somebody coming into the sport, what do they need to know about bike fit and a good bike fit? Yeah, I would say that like it's the first rule of form. Like we all go out and buy these amazing bikes, but I would just say that starting off with a, you know a quality bike fit, uh, you know, like there's a lot of people that have got reputation and. I would say that you kind of want to invest in the best bike fit that you can realistically afford. Uh, And that's not, but it's not always driven by like a computer, you know, like, uh, you know, like there's loads of different ways of fitting. You know, like we've got uh, all all the, uh, you know, all the devices going, but I kind of love seeing how that, you know, what that person can do. Uh, But you you definitely want to start off with a, a quality bike fit and then, but the art of bike fitting is anyone that says that, oh, yeah, you yeah you know, like initially it might be you want to get pain-free, you want to get more aerodynamic, whatever it is. But you to change it, whether it's, bio, you know, like you make a biomechanical change, then you need to go away and work in the areas that you're not efficient in, you know. Yes. So if you've got like a bad back, then it's not, yeah, you can relieve that. But there's going to be strength and conditioning exercises that, you, you need to work on or some glute activation. And that's what, you know, like what I've always done with bike fitting is you kind of, you see how somebody moves, they might have back pain, then you've got to give them some drills to, to, to work on that. Yes. Or if somebody yeah, wants sure. to get aero, you know, like we, you know, I'm sure some of the people watching this, they've probably seen this amazing position. We can stick amazing picture out, but each person goes away and then they've got homework that they've got to go and kind of work on. Yes. And I think that that's the art of the bike fit is change it biomechanically, then work on it and improve it. But also, it's like once you've made this transition, then you probably need to go back and refine it a little bit more. And that's right. what, you know, like great bike fitters, any, you know, like they'll try and do it in like, uh, they try and progress the fit realistically. Yeah, so, I, I remember Tim Don saying it took him over a year, like 13, 14 months or whatever, to achieve the position that he did ultimately with you. And I'm sure then you were refining it and refining it and refining it. And that work, yeah. and, that, and that involves a lot of body, you know, like strength and conditioning work and body, you know, body mobility, flexibility, that I kind should, of thing. So you can't just slam, that, your, slam your stem and expect to be riding out the door not, super fast. No, not at all. But that's why I've always like, you know, for me, I really like, working in, in in teams of people is the fact that you know like i've got these ideas and i can say well yeah i'm not uh you know i'm not a physio i'm not a, yes, yes, a strength yes. conditioning coach uh but if you can kind of say well this is what i found could you introduce some uh training to work around this like we, of course i know the basics but it's not my profession that was what was amazing with tim you know we were able to go to uh, you know, like we were able to bring all this in and then we could change his, his shape. Uh, but yeah, if you want just the basics, then 
there's, yeah, there's loads of information out there. But you can't, you know, it's the bit that we all neglect, isn't it? The strength and conditioning exercises. We yeah. all just want to flip bike, swim, bike, run. But can't forget that bit. Yeah, but it's kind of the area that everybody wants to be kind of working now. You know, like, how do you get stronger? Like, it's depressing. There's no racing. But I'm saying to my guys and, you know, the girls, like, well, how can you become a better athlete? And some of them are a bit taken back like that. You know, but yeah. it's like, yeah. well, we can make you more efficient. We can work on it. You know, like, this is a massive opportunity for everybody to, you know, like, you'll probably, hopefully, we'll never get this again. You know? <laughs> hopefully. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Hopefully, yeah, we won't be in lockdown again. Uh, but it's kind of you, you'll never get this window. We might have a year, you know, say if there was no racing on for this season going into 2021. But you've got this window now where you can work on all your inefficiencies, whether that's uh, obviously swimming's the hardest one until the pool's open and everything else. Yeah, yeah. But you, you can become more efficient. Uh, and that's what I think that everybody should be saying to themselves well, how do we become a better athlete, a faster one? Uh, <laughs> yes so. so it's training it's not just training it's training smarter so training to become more efficient faster more powerful but it's not just pure training it's so many other things to factor in yeah. especially oh, when you come to the bike yeah no definitely you know like the three disciplines you know like there's so many areas that you can improve and in triathlon it's massive you right. know like it's, it's so all these age groupers that are out there I'm telling you now that most of you I've seen the pictures. I've seen, I've seen some of the sessions. There's no end of you know, like you just you you're grasping on the surface. There's a, there's so much more out there. Yes. And, and I would say that that's what you know, like listening to this information. You know, I, I you know I love listening to people on podcasts. You know, like you can pick a little bit from it. You know, yes, I'm not yeah. saying I've got yes. all the answers. This is what you know I found that works for me and the athletes I work with. But then somebody else has got something, and it's almost if you can start picking this. Uh, information then you can become a, a better athlete you know i can become a better coach or or, or whatever oh for sure uh, yeah and well, I, you know, yeah it's good well then that leads us to a good question which a final question for you matt which is people lo- obviously triathletes love their gear they love their equipment especially when it comes to bikes and uh, yeah and there's obviously some there's always some debate about what's the most what's the What's the most uh, important piece of kit to invest in in terms of aero, you know, aerodynamic gains? And so we, you know, we can look at wheels, we can look at helmets, we can look at suits, we can look at frames, we can look at everything. But what, how would you rank? What, you know, when it comes to top five things that you should be uh, looking at, what, what's your top yeah, five? Well, number, yeah, no, that's a good one. Uh, number one is like obviously it's body position. You know, right. it's, it's out there. Your body's eight percent on the drag. Mm-hmm. So what's that going to come from? It's you on the bike. So if we can get biomechanically and more aero, then yes. we're going to go quicker without buying a new bike. Number two, yeah, obviously two, it's going to be, again, the clothing is to the area that you're going to make the biggest gain. So invest in the best clothing that you can afford. You know, like there's loads of imitations of people that, you know, that say that this is this is the fastest suit out there. It kind of needs to be made in, in, in a wind tunnel uh, uh, to be, be the quickest. Right. You know, like, because it's so important where those trips are all lined, you know, if, if somebody just stones from it because it looks the same, it's not going to be the same. Yeah. So, fast suit, helmet, anyone, you know, like, I read all these reviews about this is the fastest helmet in the world. We've developed it. It's taken X amount of winter. 
Not true. You know, unfortunately, there's a lot of fast helmets out there. It's what's individual, you know, like for you. Yeah. Uh, so helmet. Then obviously, yeah. The, you know, you can break the the the, the bike down and uh, there's different areas, but I would kind of leave that at the back. But obviously, a lot of people like where where's the most bang for buck? That's you know to this question. But rolling resistance is like a massive factor. Uh-huh. You know, like a lot of athletes are kind of scared of puncturing in triathlon, but generally, you know, I wouldn't go for like the most lightweight tire that's out there. But generally, I would say if you're going to punch, you're going to punch her. Do you know, yep. like nine times out of ten, you are going to if that flints in the road, that pothole's there, you're going to hit it, you're going to you're going to flat. But if you start like if you look at something like rollingresistancefacts.com, you'll see like all these. Uh, you know, like all these different watt savings that you can make in oh, tires. That sounds it's like, like a trying um, geek's heaven over there. Yeah, it, it's it, yeah, just rollingresistancefacts.com, you know, <laughs> for cycling. And but that's kind of an area that you want to look into inner tubes and tires. Yeah. And then I would come once you've, you, you know, it's quite complex that area is. Like, so if you've yeah, got like the best sure. tires, then you, then you start looking at like the interaction between the tire and rim. But that's an old, you know, that's another. That's another podcast. <laughs> yeah, that's another <laughs> podcast. But uh, but then the final one, it's just like the setup of the bike, you know, like your hydration, where you're gonna, you know, like right. where you're gonna yeah. place right. it. But it's not always necessarily like, well, what's the most aerodynamic place? If you're not comfortable on the bike, uh, and you know, like you're like moving around a lot, then you're gonna create a lot of drag. So just placing things, you know, like so you're not moving as much. Yes. Uh, and that's how you're gonna go quicker. But and it all comes down to this body's eighty percent of the drag, you know. Yeah. So it's what you're doing with your body and how you how you're riding that's that's the the key factor. Yeah, and I would say that if you're in this situation that we're all in at the minute, and you're like you you know like your mind's going, well, what can I focus on? What you want a goal, you know? And we all work well with time goals. So it's almost like, well, what can I do to work that out? Well, you can pick a course that you go and train on every day. Ride your setup as it is. Yes. Uh, then you know it could be ten. You know, we all, in the UK it's all ten mile time trials, but you could like have a ten mile course, five miles, two miles, whatever it is. Yeah. Not not a hundred. It kind of needs to be repeatable. <laughs> okay. But it's almost like then you could say, well, I'm going to ride that in my normal setup at I don't know x amount of watts. Generally, you probably want to work around something that's repeatable, so like ninety percent of your threshold. Then work around like your aero position. So yeah. make a few changes, go and do it again. You know, we don't need the, te- you know, like we can get really technical with this, but that's kind of how, you know, providing the wind conditions is pretty stable. Right. Yeah. Uh, the, then you can make a repeatable run. So, yes. and yeah, out there in Boulder, there's loads of these places that you can go and oh, do Oh yeah, that. we've got 10 mile time trials all over the place, but yeah. <laughs> oh, it's amazing. I need yes. to get actually out there in April, but yeah, never mind. Oh. <laughs> Well, Matt, thank you very much for joining us today. We really appreciate your time and expertise and uh, definitely a great resource for all things bike-related. And uh, we uh, thank you very much for joining us. So, cheers. Okay, no, thank you. Thank you for having me. You bet. Bye. Okay, that is a wrap. Thank you for listening. This is a new show. We're super excited about it. And be sure to subscribe to our podcast so you don't miss out. We'll be back in two weeks. But in the meantime, if you want to find out more about Matt and his setup, head on over to mattbottrellperformancecoaching.com. Okay, thank you.